right. Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls. This is the Comics Pals weekly show where we review comics. Uh, it's going to be just the, well, you could say the deadly duo, which I guess is appropriate for uh, one of the books we're reviewing today. Uh, it's me and Marco. Are, are we the deadly duo? Well, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, given, you know, given the situation. Because you and Kale are the dynamic duo. Uh, you and Wait. Tyler. No? Are Tyler and I not the uh, dynamic duo? What are you and uh, Kale? I don't know. I don't even remember. <laughs> Frenemies! <laughs> In any event. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, four of the biggest books of the week. Count them? Yeah, which includes uh, Secret Invasion, number one. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, we've got uh, Dead Batman and the Joker, Deadly Duo, number one. We have Hell to Pay, number one. And The Ones, number one. So, oh, that's a good variant. Wait, yeah, yep, that's nice. Okay, yeah, uh, this is which variant is this? Uh, I'm never sure with these. I grabbed them, and I know you guys are gonna ask me who (laughs) who did the variant, but I never, I never know. And then what also kills me is like it doesn't say on the inside cover, it says cover A, cover B, C, and D were done by so and so, but it doesn't say which of these. Which of those this is, yeah. Mm. So, that always uh, that always gets me. But, um, hey Marco, can you do me a favor and just uh, check the uh, check to make sure that people can hear us and everything's okay? Uh, yeah, on I, can, Twitch. I can hear us. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Before we get into the books, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. So, on all social media platforms, you can find us. Uh, under at the Comics Pals. If you want to watch this show live, you can do so by checking us out on Twitch and YouTube uh, at the Comics Pals, 6 p.m. every single Thursday for this show. Uh, and Saturdays for the main show, Saturdays at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. We're actually having a couple of uh, guests on the show this week. We're having the, uh, the Bigfoot Nose Karate people on the show. Yep. Yeah, so if you're if you're familiar with that book, if you're unfamiliar with it, uh, it's a pretty fun indie comic. So come listen to us, you know, chat with them about that on the main show. Uh, the best way to support us is to check out our Patreon page, which is uh, Patreon.com/slash/TheComicsPals. For as little as three dollars a month, you can support your boys. You get some awesome content from us. I put out my newsletter this week, talked about my feelings going into Wakanda Forever. Uh, which I'm excited about. Um, yeah, that's next week, dude. What is it really? Yeah, it's next Holy week. Holy shit! Okay, better get your tickets, my boy. I don't Damn. know what. I don't know how you're gonna how you're gonna pull it off. It's like sold out everywhere. Damn. Uh, actually, there's a movie theater by me. Wait. Okay. I okay. I gotta make this work. <laughs> Somehow, some way. Somewhere. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's let's dive in. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Secret Invasion. Let's see if I can make this work. Yeah, there we go. Let's talk about Secret Invasion number one. So, of course, we are not here to talk about the Secret Invasion number one from two thousand 
2009 or 2008, whatever that no. was. You read the wrong thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, aren't you full of surprises? That also <laughs> happens to be the name of this issue of Secret Invasion, written by Ryan North, with art by Francesco Mobley, and colors by Jordi Belair. Jordi Belair is akin to Clayton Cowles in that they're both everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's locked in some kind of basement somewhere, man. Seriously. Um, but a pleasure to see always I think her her colors are always on point so definitely fun time regardless yeah yeah uh, and Joe Caramagna on letters uh, this cover uh, if you can't tell is definitely the Gabriel del Otto cover uh, this that is definitely his art style um, I love it. it it reminds me of the old secret invasion covers from the original event Marco I'm super curious to hear what you thought about this so this book is a secret invasion for the modern era. It definitely mm. it it definitely seems like there's an intent for this to be a legitimate mini event. Um it's a lot more serious than I thought it would be. I, I kind of expected a bit more goofiness given what Ryan North is is known for. Sure. Um But what did you feel about this book? After you were I, done with it, I liked it. I, I had fun. It, it, it swerved me on the the first part where, uh, you know, the just getting into it. This family has their, the the father die, the you know, two kids and a, and a mourning wife, and the fact that Fury was being a bit like soft with them and, and willing to talk through and and try to explain to them that oh actually you know this isn't these aren't uh this isn't a, a scroll and it's actually your husband i'm like mm -hmm. oh I, I felt for that that could that connected with me and then as he pulled up the picture looking at the thing dude that was so good because i had the same reaction like i had a similar realization at that exact moment where i'm like oh, wait a minute they could be the scrolls Fuck! <laughs> and then it happened and it clicked and i was like oh my god that was so good because um it, it, it's hard to make i think reveals like that sometimes so to really connect with what the writer is trying to come across and i it, it happened to me and mm. i thought that that was done so so well so i i was in that once that happened i'm like whoa i'm cool take me along for this ride and then you know fury being a a scroll was also a good twist because then you realize it's not about his story or him trying to necessarily navigate around something it's the it's the story around that of like we know this is happening already we've seen it before like how do we ha execute the protocols that we have in place to ensure it doesn't happen again and i thought that was uh, a good way to engage a new person with uh, and i'm gonna even assume somebody who has familiarity with that concept yeah yeah absolutely um yes hello hello in the chat no technical hello? difficulties today well, technically, there is a technical difficulty because we are actually not live on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and that is because of something that I didn't account for that I now realize. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's going great. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this, dude. Yeah? I, yeah, I came into this pretty low just because okay. I, I don't like the rehashing of names. I don't like the, like, oh, here's, an, here's the name of an event that you read but it's by a completely different creative team with a different agenda and you know um there's obviously some like nostalgia aspects to it um nick fury and maria hill 
certainly are the characters you would expect to be at the forefront of something like this, a story like this. Mm-hmm. Marvel's biggest super spies. Um, I think it. I think it subverted. It subverted what I expected it to be in terms of the straightforwardness. Like it was pretty clear to me that Nick Fury was a scroll from okay. you know the jump. But I, you know, I was like, okay, so the dad's the dad's a scroll, right? Right. Then it's like, well, that seems too easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, so what's the twist going to be? Maybe Nick Fury doesn't think the guy's a scroll, but he actually is. He's laying in wait. I actually didn't think. Oh wait, it's the family that are yeah. scrolls. So they yeah. so they got me with that one. Okay. Um, I really like that, and. I thought the dialogue was was pretty fun as well. Um, yeah, it's tight. I think this is the first Ryan North story I've ever read. Mm, I feel like he's done something in the past. He might have done like an issue one for. It. I, I know the name is familiar. I've definitely heard it around. Yeah, but uh, if this isn't the first, then it's it. If it is, this is a, a good introduction to this writer. I agree. Um, you know the the place I had the biggest problem with this issue was actually the art. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, first of all, the art team here is strong. Uh, Francesco Mobley and Jordi Belair are both very talented. I don't think their their styles really mesh. Some of the faces just don't work. Um, it, it looks like they have a water stain on them sometimes. A water stain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. like these like little like patches that that pop up. Mm-hmm. It worked for me. Um, I, I think it felt a little, it felt somewhat realistic and, and a bit dramatic, especially with the with the color. The color palettes were all sort of in this like orangey reddish wash. Uh, there wasn't too much deviation from that, which helped the book feel cohesive. So I, I thought, um, I, don't know, I, I thought on the art front, it was it was pretty pretty good. I, I think the the team brought it all together really well. That's fair. Um, I don't know. Like some of the some of the faces really, really bugged me, um, and the colors just. I don't know. I, I I expect a little bit brighter, maybe brighter colors. It just. Mm. I know Jordy's trying to match Mobley's style, but for me, it was a bit of a clash. There are some things that do look cool. Um, I, I like that we got to see the Avengers a little bit. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, and the big tease at the end. I love that tease at the end. I, I went back to like look, and I'm like, wait, who could it be? But then I realized they only actually showed us in like the the knockoff Danger Room, the Avenger Room, whatever it is. Yeah. That they were, they only showed us six, and I'm like, wait, wait, damn, they're not gonna. They didn't even like tease out who it could possibly be. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that that was cool. That was engaging. Yeah. Um. And it's actually a fun kind of inversion on what happens in the original build-up to Secret Invasion because the way it worked at that point was we learned that someone was a Skrull in New Avengers. And that that happens, I don't know, maybe a year or so, before, the, maybe more, before the actual event takes place. So there's all this buildup, and you already know scrolls are here because of that. Um, right. 
I think we already knew. We knew a lot. We knew we knew a lot going into the actual event. Here, though, they set up the mystery of who is who is this major scroll within the book. That's not what the original Secret Invasion did. Um, so I thought that was an interesting inversion. Okay, for sure. I, I I think with that context too that you have, it probably makes for like that that becomes that much more impactful because you have the the context there where. No, I don't necessarily. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is just a cool concept out the gate. But for you to be able to reflect back and say, oh, this is how they, they played on the event itself probably adds to it. I, I actually was expecting to really dislike this. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's my pick of the week. Um, wow. I, I, I don't. Th- this week was not a great week for the books, in my opinion. Um, it's a bit late. Yeah. So this was my pick of the week. I, I would have... Like I, I'm sure when I read X Men Red later off the show, I'll really love that, and that'll be my pick of the week. Yeah. But as far as the show goes, this is this was the best book of the week for me. I think I might agree, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might of the set we have at the moment. I think I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Catherine. I I don't know. It's just, their faces just. They just weren't it. And, you know, obviously you wouldn't speak that way if we were talking about a real human. But thankfully we're speaking about Nick Fury, Maria Hill, and a random family. <laughs> um, I don't know. The woman's face, the fa- the woman's face in the family just really just looked off to me. But mm. she ended- I mean, maybe that was part of the art, right? Like, yeah. it, looked, it looks off, you know? Maybe it's supposed to, yeah. Uh, wait a second. What? <laughs> I can't even address that. Might get that might get no, no, flagged. There's a, there's a period in between there. There's a period in between there. So two separate statements. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> damn, Sean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you I know can't, what? You're right. You're right. I can't repeat that comment. You're gonna if any if you you want to know what that said, you have you're gonna have to rewatch the Twitch stream. Audio listeners, I I can't I can't. She's an educator, jo- Sean. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. All right. Well, let's let's zip away from that and let's chat about uh, Batman and the Joker Deadly Duo. This is a book that not necessarily in concept, but certainly in getting Mark Silvestri on Batman. This has been long coming. Long, long coming. That was the thing that I felt first is the Sylvester, and it felt like oddly appropriate, but I didn't mesh with it too much. It, it took me a bit to like really settle in with it. This, these like very loose. There's like a level of scratchiness to it, but yeah. still like a tight form, mm-hmm. which I found to be a little bit dissonant. Like the first page where, where Harley's just in the in this I don't know catacomb or like in the sewers, and the background's all scratchy and and stuff like that. But then the panel opposite that page, you have just these logs and these woods, and the the form there is really really tight. The mm-hmm. lines are really tight, and so it it was it was a bit odd to adjust to. You know what? Um... I really love you. You mentioned uh, him drawing Harley real, real quick. I loved his Harley. Mm. Um, she looks like sort of straight out of Injustice. Uh, that's the that's the vibe I got. Okay. Um, really, I, I I'm a Mark Silvestri fan. You know, I like I like Mark Silvestri a lot. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I think his style is obviously super 90s, you know, <laughs> yeah. like 100%. But um, I I think he's really talented. So it's him on story and art. Uh, we got colors from Arif, Arif Prianto and letters by Troy Pateri. Special thanks to Matt Hawkins. Interesting. I wonder what uh, what his contribution was on this one. Um, but uh, so this book is black label. It's mm-hmm. out of continuity. So worth pointing that out. Um, at least I think it's out of continuity. The fact that it's black label gives me that impression. But quite frankly, we don't even know what black label means anymore. Um Subject for a different show, uh, and it's it's basically this book is a series of event of events that give Mark Silvestri a reason to pair Batman and the Joker. That's it. There's some kind of roided out Joker clone running around and taking people's heads off, and that forces Batman and the true Joker to align to stop whatever this is when uh when it opened and it's like going through the thing of this person was murdered and there was like a bowling ball and you start to break down the hair i'm like all right so we're getting you know your your typical jokers on the loose and uh batman has to go and stop him but as it progressed and it turned into this monster i'm like oh that's interesting that mm-hmm. that's pretty cool maybe we have to save the joker in some sort of roundabout way and then the reveal of well actually it's this it's this there are two separate jokers here there's the the regular one that we know that's now a blackmailing batman and then the one that is running a rampant and i'm like but where's the third joker that's what we need <laughs> but i need to know where's that third oh joker? my god dude please no no more jokers <laughs> did you did you see the uh the ad for um the jeff john book in this one uh, I don't think I did. I missed like the, it. The first page, the new golden age, and uh, so I, I just like I had that in my head as I saw it, and I'm like, oh, wait, where is this other person? This this book I have in my hands has absolutely no ads. No way. Yeah. What? Absolutely yeah, they, no. They ads. slipped it in on the digital version. That's fucked up. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Sub. That's Sub. so funny. Um. Yeah. I mean. I. I I didn't care for this story um, right out of the gate. I came into this expecting it would be more of an art thing. It definitely is. Don't buy this book if you're thinking that it's going to be some amazing start to what will be an epic run. I don't think that's what we're getting. I think we're getting Mark Silvestri's, you know, fantasy Batman Joker team-up story and... It's an excuse for him to draw those characters. And he does excellently. Um, his Batman's pretty cool looking. I love the line work. Uh, the more gritty, scratchy nature. Uh, what he likes to play with. I really enjoy that. Um, you know, Batman is every artist's like dream character to draw. And, I, and Mark Silvestri does a great job. His Joker looks cool too. I'm into all that, but there's not enough here to keep me coming back. I'm not. I don't foresee myself buying this. Like I bought the first one for the art showcase, but that's about it. 
how did you like the characterization? Because I thought there were moments of like levity here mm-hmm. that I thought played well. It's not you know, uh, it's not goofy. It's not overplayed. It's it felt very appropriate. There was the the moment where Batman's just diving and then gets really low and knocks off this guy's toupee. Yeah, and it was it was dry. And I'm like, oh, this works. I like I like the way that Sylvester characterizes Batman in this. Um, yeah, that was, you know, that was okay. Uh, I didn't mind that moment too much. It's actually one of the few panels that I think, uh, Sylvester's Batman doesn't look right. The cape, the cape doesn't make a lot of visual sense to me. Um, Mm. it's hard to describe why I feel that way, but I'm going to hold it up. And if you're watching this, uh, not listening, you can like, it just, it just doesn't. It doesn't look like there's enough cape for him to be able to do what he's doing. <laughs> to like pull up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little odd. The way he's tugging on his cape, it just it doesn't look right. But he's um, like he's like flapping it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, other than that, I think it I think it looks pretty cool. And characterization wise, I didn't come to this book for characterization. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not really evaluating it. Like when we when we read something by Rom, you know, someone who is such a talented writer, I'm more looking for like, okay, well, how does his what is his version of Batman? Mm-hmm. You know, does it mesh with mine? What was trying to say with it? Right. And in the case of Detective Comics, uh the first issue, it didn't mesh with me. I'm not looking too hard at this book, you know. Okay. Um, in that in that sense, like yeah, it was okay. fine, but you know, um, if it were something to write home about, maybe this would have been my pick of the week. But the sure. to me, the the script is just so bare. Like you asked me, like, what do I think of the characterization? I feel like it's it's any Batman, you know, like mm. this. It's non-specific. Okay, for sure. The- yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, on 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 the art front, uh, I was gonna ask you how you liked uh, Joker. Yeah, you know, um, a funny haircut, like a like a different kind of haircut than than we're used to from the Joker. Yeah. And and again, like whenever an artist who has a def- a very definitive style, one thing you can say about Silvestri is he's got a very definitive style. Um, they always bring something to Joker, to Batman, that's uniquely theirs. And I feel like he does that here, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I was interested, especially at the end, where the rest of the Jokers kind of come out. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably one of those books that I'll, <laughs> I'll pick up on the, the DC app. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I, I have a flavor for what this is, and uh, I'll probably pick it up later. I'll, I'll have it saved somewhere. Okay, yeah, I I don't think I'm gonna I don't think I'm gonna return to this. I would I would say pass, um, and I would say, you know, if you really like Mark Silvestri, yeah, then this very likely like if you're into the darkness, if you're into like, you know, I know this isn't Silvestri, but if you're into Spawn, like sure, um, but other than that, there's no reason to 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 pick this up. Um, I'm going to say pull. I'm going to say pull on this. I think even if you're, like, I'm not a big Mark Silvestri guy, but at the very least, I think it's one of those, 
it, it, it could be one of those runs that I'm not going to say is revelatory, but I think will at least be enjoyable going through. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, this feels like, you know, a non-specific Batman. And I think this might just be one of those, oh yeah, it's a non-specific Batman story that might turn out to be not so bad. Like, I'm not over the moon, but it's also not doing anything bad or egregious. Yeah, that that's very fair. I'm. Let me tell you, man. I'm at a point in my collecting comics. <laughs> that was such a like. Me, hold on. Like, yeah, because okay. I just I can't continue to buy books that I have that feeling about. Like that's fair. It's just I can't. If it, if I'm not really into it, I don't have space. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have money to just. This was like a what was this a five six dollar comic. I think it might have been five bucks. Yeah, five bucks. I can't just dump five bucks into something that I'm just like whatever about. You know, Um, I'll do it for the show. Yeah, but it's too much. It's too much. Uh, Speaking of money, a oh sorry you you were you were trade waiting right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh actually that's right I, I I say pull but I'm gonna trade wait it. Okay, yeah, I say pass. Um. If it wasn't already obvious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so speaking of money, uh, the next book features characters who have literal hell to pay. Uh, we're talking about Hell to Pay number one by Charles Soule. Uh, this is Charles' latest um, creator-owned book through Image Comics. Uh, he is joined this time by Will Sliney on art and uh, Ra- Raquel Rachel Rosenberg, uh, colorist. Chris Crank on the letters. What a great name. Chris Crank. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. We got some interesting ones. Chris Clank and Will Sliney. Um, <laughs> Rachel Rosenberg. Yeah, well, that's a little more uh, it's a little more traditional. Well, the, the alliteration. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, what right. I was, that's what I was calling it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me just quickly explain the idea here. Basically, hell is real. Um it doesn't appear to just be an afterlife. It's like a real place that's accessible by Earth under very, very specific conditions. And hell has its own currency. And you can buy things in hell that you definitely can't buy on Earth. Or at least you really shouldn't be. It. Like You can buy souls in hell mm. for the right money. Um it almost felt like you could buy what was that a like a feeling like a like a, an, an emotion or something and, yeah. and i thought that was cool i was like all right that's a very interesting concept the was it the regret of a woman who married the wrong man and then to visually represent it as like a baby yeah like, damn dude that's fucked up okay and even like knowing what her life would have been like she would have had this would have been the child they would have had and you know all this stuff yeah that was pretty cool one thing charles soul is good at is peppering his the concepts that he has peppering them with um concepts within the concepts that add to them and make them feel earned like uh the concept of hell having a currency and stuff is fine but if they're just buying like guns and knives who cares you know like they have to be buying something that's uniquely available in hell and he Mm. finds that it it feels like uh something it, honestly, it felt a little bit like a Sandman book. You know, that that sort of aspect of of taking something that is a, a concept and uh, giving it some sort of corporeal form. Right, and then he, like this could have been a, this could have been like a a, a Sandman um, arc. You know, like maybe 
sure. a couple of issues. Because um, I remember, like, even that one issue where they go to the uh, the convention for murderers. Yes, the serial killer convention. Yeah, that that's that could be a series. That's a, like you could like you, there there are the, all these different serial killers and they meet up for this convention and what like that could that's that could be something. But it was yeah. just one issue or whatever in Sandman. This this is this reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, in good ways and in sort of bad ways. I don't know if this is going to last for any specific amount of time. Like if this is a mini. Or if this is an ongoing, but um, it, it it feels like it's I I don't see the longevity. I think I right. agree. Yeah, like there's um, it feels like a one and done kind of story, which I think is perfectly fine for uh, for what you can do at Image and for this kind of concept. Like I don't I don't see it running. Okay, now we have to actually there's like a million coins and we have to go find all of them and these are right. adventures. Um, but I think out the gate, it's an interesting concept. Um, how did you? I'm sorry, you were leading somewhere actually. I was just gonna sort of say what you said, which is that I don't feel this has legs. I I'm interested in the initial concept, um, but not to the degree like this issue itself. Didn't make me go, man. I'm in for the long haul on this. You know. Um, yeah. 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 Which doesn't necessarily have to be a knock. Like it's not. It's not a knock to say your first issue was good. Just didn't make me feel like I need to spend the next year reading stories in this world. But it bought it for me. It probably bought the creative team a second issue. Sure, I think that's fair. And I, I, I was excited to read another soul book i don't think i've i have in quite a bit mm-hmm. and so to come back to his style was I, I appreciated that and i think similarly i'd i'd come back for the second issue i'd, I'd be interested to see how this plays out yeah for sure and, and and you were about to ask me a question do you remember i was, gonna, I was gonna yeah just about ask you about the art because that was the the one thing that i felt a little bit about okay yeah so there's this what I feel is a certain look and style that a lot of these um, would almost feel like YA intended comics look like. The more recent string of books from certain creators that very much feel like they're trying to get a movie deal or a TV deal or you know some type of spinoff. Um, and this gave me that vibe. It's inoffensive, but it's not risky. It's not uniquely challenging or compelling. It's kind of, you know, generic. Bit innocuous. Yeah, like not a not bad by any means. It just doesn't excite me. And that's that's the that's the only thing that sort of um, threw me with this one, but. I wanted to explain that Soul decides to root the story because um, the concept's huge, but he decides to root it in something relatable by putting the focus on these two young lovers who basically are in debt to a demon or a devil of some kind um, in exchange for their bodies restored because they got hurt somehow, very, very... Uh, damaged 
um, physically. The guy doesn't have legs or didn't have legs at a certain point. Um, and so they made a deal with the devil to restore their bodies in exchange for finding the remaining coins that were stolen from hell, basically. Um, and it's an interesting concept. I like that. It gives us something. It gives the book forward momentum. Um, but am I so invested in them that I want to read their story for the next 10 issues that I don't know. I don't even know if I care about their story for the next four issues. That's something that the next issue will have to prove. I think it has to sell you on it because I didn't immediately connect with their, even their relationship necessarily. Um, it felt a little flat and I, I thought the, like once we got to the point where it's like, wait, there are two coins that interested me more than them actually being scared for their lives and their future because mm. the relationship didn't sell me on the future that they might have to keep me interested in wanting to follow that story to your point yeah yeah i i completely agree um i would say pull i would definitely say this is pull worthy i think i don't know if this is the hit that eight billion genies is uh, for Soul, I don't know if this is Undiscovered Country. I think both of those um, and other Soul books have hooked me with their first issue more so than this one did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to come back for a second. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Same. Yeah. Definitely uh, pull it for for what it is and you know, give it the shot, especially if you're a Soul fan. Then I think this... Uh, it's yeah, it's not his revelatory work, but it's good for the stuff that he outputs. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, let's talk about maybe the first Brian Michael Bendis book that we have done on this show. Isn't that a little wild? Yeah, <laughs> no, wait, I, we did Superman. We did, but that wasn't Pals Pulse. That was when our reviews were still in the main show. We did the Leviathan Rising and all that, but that was many years ago. Damn, that was. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. Bendis joined DC in like 2017, 2018. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So as as I mentioned, this is Bendis. This is by Bendis, uh, written by Bendis with art by Jacob Edgar. They're credited as co-creators as well uh with colors by kj diaz and letters by joshua reed uh this is also by the way the listener pick this week uh this was picked by link who is a member of our discord and uh you know what i'm always up for a bendis book so figured we'd give it a shot the concept is that there are many people who at some point in their life were considered to be the chosen one uh, so if you think about like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's chosen. Luke Skywalker is not explicitly referred to as the chosen one, but he's sort of chosen. Anakin, you know, you can you can imagine those kinds of characters uh, if their time sort of came and went a little bit. Yeah, yeah, almost like uh, you know, child celebrities in some yeah. certain scenari- situations. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there, this is a world that has superpowers and it's got demons and stuff like that. And there's a prophecy that needs them all to assemble to stop hell on earth. 
except for the part where they don't get along and they don't give a damn about any of this. Which felt refreshing. That was nice to like have them hash it out and be like, all right, I'm not, I don't care. Let's see how it plays out. You know, we'll put it on the back burner. I don't want to think about it right now. Cause like they're all, <laughs> they're all somewhat like washed out. And I thought that, that was an interesting premise to, mm -hmm. you know, get together people who either are still, like they're still in the fight in some scenarios, but it's not, you know, lauded the same way that they might be. Or yeah. they're like the, the first guy we introduced to is legit a baby when he's the chosen one. And now he's just been living his life and he, he feels kind of, he's not necessarily proud of it. And I, I thought that was a, a good play on the, the trope, um, you know, an unwilling hero, but then also a, like a cynical hero but yeah. not in a, in a dark way and um yeah I, I i thought it was fun i i i liked it um i i definitely will say i liked it the art in particular i'm a big jacob edgar fan i follow him on on instagram for a few years and so anytime he puts out a book i try to pick it up and um, this one didn't disappoint yeah uh i thought edgar's art was solid um i like this style i think it meshes with the book well uh, this is very playful, Bendis. This is not to be taken deathly serious. Mm. Um, although I would argue that none of Bendis's work really is, maybe torso. Jessica Jones is pretty serious, but it's also got its moments of levity. This is all levity. Yeah. Um, it's fun, you know, certainly. I, I definitely feel like it's fun. Um, I... Look, I love Bendis, and I think Bendis belongs in every Comics Hall of Fame imaginable. I think Bendis, in a way, revitalized comics through Ultimates, or rather through Ultimate Spider-Man, um, and his groundbreaking work with the Avengers for years. But I think that Bendis' writing style at this point feels like parody and it it's almost it distract it's distracting it's overwhelming how much dialogue there is how much of it is skippable how much of it you know um it's sort of just there and i think whereas that once felt snappy and poppy and um fun now for me it's still fun especially because it is Bendis and I love Bendis so much. It's still fun, but I've gotten to the point where that where with it where it's like I kind of know that if there are four or five word balloons in one panel, half of them are skippable. Uh, for me it's the this feeling of banter. Yeah. That is I don't think always necessary. Like I, I we can we can move on to the next panel. You know, we can. You're you're here controlling the time, but you're keeping us restrained because you want us to read, you know, a, a cheeky joke or a cheeky comment or somebody just needs to interject. And I think that's the more egregious part um, the, of of the writing, at least. And he has this way of, which I do appreciate, of containing bubbles and making it feel like more conversational because of how they're they're formed they're not just all in one bubble sometimes it'll be broken out in two or three sure i mean there's even like one of these pages probably six or something which is crazy yeah on, on one of these pages there's like six mm -hmm. and i think that's a good it makes for good beats 
you can breathe in between the text even though it's all in the same panel but to your point there are moments where especially when we get into the meeting with all of the chosen ones where it's just walls and walls of balloons and they keep getting more and more and uh there there are full pages toward the end where they're just kind of bickering yeah and i i'm like okay they're still talking okay i'm, I'm checking in on certain panels to see if anything of, of value is happening and i skipped it all the way through until we got to the last the last page yeah it, it's it's a bummer um and again like you know bendis bendis emulated bendis's idea of dialogue and finding the way to write dialogue was to listen to people talking on the train, listen to them talking in parks, and kind of figure out how real people speak. Mm. And I think that circa 2002, that was one of Bendis's core strengths, was that he he could he kind of tapped into a way that people speak that felt appropriate for comics. It didn't feel like every line of dialogue was being scripted by a person. It felt like the characters were talking. Mm. Um. Now, it sort of feels like you know you're trying, like yeah. it feels like yeah. people don't talk like this. Like it feels like you know you you have a you have something you have a way you want to write this, and you're forcing the characters to fit that when they don't necessarily. And again, these are Bendis's own characters, so they can be whoever he wants them to be, but they all do the same thing. Yeah, the and uh, I think like that's not to say that it's written poorly. No, nah. you know? I I think I, I think you can um, you can make the argument that it's not written in a way that is egregious beyond the the style, and um, at the very least, I think you can appreciate it for that. But I I, I agree. I I don't know why everybody needs to get their word in. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I, I want to buy this, continue to buy this because it's Bendis. Mm -hmm. Um, the art's good too. You talked about, uh, you talked about the, um, the art, yeah. the Edgar stuff. It's, it's really good. It's a little I, cartoony. Yeah. Which I can get with. I can get with that, especially because the coloring's good. And again, it fits the, it fits the sort of book that this is. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I have to pass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go in for the second issue for Edgar, less so for Bendis, and see if he can keep me there. If if I if I drop the book, it's not on the part of the art. Right. Yeah. I I, I hear you, man. I I love Bendis again. Like I would love to. Like maybe if this was about. The one guy we met at the beginning, the the former child, uh, the sure. one, that opening scene is real good. Like if it were tightened a little bit and there was less chatter, um, I like that as an opening of of this concept. But once it sprawls out and there's all these different people, for me it got less interesting. If it was about that one dude. And a sort of a funny book about his life, and then there's a there's something that really happens that forces him to, you know, go back to, you know, being chosen, being the one. Mm -hmm. um, 
that I think could have been interesting. But because there are so many of them, they all have the same speaking style. I I, I don't know. It was just too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm going to pass on that. Sorry, Link. Um, I hope I hope you enjoyed it, though, Link. If you if you read it, hopefully you, you enjoyed it. Um, and and yeah. this was my uh, pal pull, pal's pull last week. So, Link, thank you for bringing it up. Oh, we could, we could talk about it. Right. It, it worked out. That is that is absolutely right. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's it for the reviews. But the show's not over because I was tagged by Marco last week uh-huh. to read material uh-huh. by uh-huh. Alice Cott. Uh-huh. Don't tell me you're waiting for me to say I loved it. It's I- I'm waiting for you to say. Uh, Civil War is here and material is like so mm, no you can go yeah like around mm, like, like, like around like around here um, it's by Alice Cott <laughs> Will Tempest on art Clayton Cowles Yo, he's he's been locked in that basement since whenever this book came out. Yeah, this is not new. This is when when is this from? Two thousand fifteen, maybe. Yeah, somewhere somewhere around there. Look, <laughs> I really hate coming on here and making comments that are disparaging or inflammatory about creators, and I'm not going to make one about any creator. I'm just going to say that this book. Felt like an incoherent fever dream. I, I read the first one. Okay. And I was praying for it to end. <laughs> because I didn't understand what the hell was supposed to even be happening. It jumps around between a few different people. A teacher, a druggy actor, uh, a dude who was in Guantanamo. And... It's all sort of not even clear why their narratives are in the same comic book. Um, The way it introduces the Guantanamo person was just confusing. Uh, There's this it's interspersed with like random stuff about like, you know, race relations in the country and Tamir Rice and. All this the other stuff that just doesn't seems to come out of absolutely nowhere. I guess it's supposed to be, you know, com, uh, juxtaposing, you know, people being in Guantanamo Bay and being incarcerated there to the treatment of black people in America, I think. Um, but if that's what it was putting down, I had to think a lot to get to that place. And I feel like it would have been better if it just focused on any of these narratives or frankly not any of them just the Guantanamo one because when he goes at the end to speak to the therapist thought that was the best part of the book but up until that point I thought everything was just clay it was just like oh I have this clay let me uh oh god let me just do this here and put this okay put that over there let me mess with this now and it was all these like ideas and shapes but nothing concrete that I could really sink my teeth into. Um, and that was f- more frustrating than intriguing. Okay, yeah. So uh, there's, I think, four 
families or characters or, or I guess storylines and I think they're given about two to four pages each and it happens twice throughout the book and that's something that's just like a motif that happens throughout uh, the series he gets in, into a bit more detail on some of the race relation stuff that you're mentioning um, as well as did, did um, I was going to ask how some of the because there are things in the margins mm. that like ask you to play songs. Oh, no, okay, okay. I, you know what? <laughs> don't, don't. All right. It's, That's brutal, man. And I'm going <laughs> to tell you why. It's brutal because, first of all, I was already struggling with the art. Yeah. I felt like it, like everything felt shrunken for some reason to me. It felt, and it, it could have been, you know, reading it on my computer and, and all that. I don't know. But it really felt um, like everything was scrunched. And nothing had enough room to breathe. And then I'm trying to read these things in the margins. And it's referencing. It's like some of it is telling you to listen to this song. Some of it is a quote. Some of it is referencing a movie. Some of it is nonsense. I didn't want to have to keep squinting to figure out what it was that Alice Cott wanted me to know. Um, I don't read comics for that. I want to you know, read the book. And if you have something to put in the gutters like that, it's got to be hot. And I just didn't think this was hot. It didn't. It didn't inform what I was reading. I already know that stuff is bad. I don't need. You, I don't need you to give me a quote randomly to know that. I feel like there was a more artistic way to put to get that in there. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. And I think uh, Tempest's art is a bit it's very loose mm-hmm. um sometimes that the form is not always well defined um the this was interesting for me because of how like the the first one is about the the professor or something and like the professor yeah. and like a student and it, it it gets into it later on but there's like discussions about artificial intelligence and like life and he to your point i think drops too many threads all at once um and they sort of start to tie together as you continue but i i can understand how like getting into it is it's tough because he doesn't he doesn't give you a lot to hold on to and uh i think that was one of my critiques of the book but i i decided to stick with it Mm -hmm. um whenever i was picking it up and i I thought i i got some reward out of it okay yeah i mean i can see how because i feel like this is your mind this book is a representation Fair. of your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's very all over the place. There's, you know, wildly different, unrelated things going on at the exact same time. Uh, you know, there's like deep political motivations, but there's also, you know, well, I won't say that. Like, there's there's just all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, this this would you know what I wanted to say actually this is a pass for me. But what I wanted to say was that. In the foreword, because there's a foreword at the start of this, yeah. um, in the foreword it says it tells it t- tells you a story about like what's it called, Homer, um, Home Square, Home and Square, yeah. And this is this place in Chicago where they have like basically taken they take people. It's not a police uh, precinct; it's just a place they take people, like throw them in a hole, similar to Guantanamo. And there's no regulation because no one really knows they're there, except mm-hmm. people do know they're there, but no one knows they're there. Um, and they do whatever they need to do to them or whatever they want to do to them. And I thought that that, like the way that story was told and how crazy it is that there's something like that in the United States, yeah. 
on our soil, that I want to read about. We see it later in like issue three, I think. I, I want to read about that exclusively. Sure. Like yeah. that, that I was like, oh man, like if the story was that or if it was the guy from Guantanamo, either one of those I would have been interested to read as an exclusive, you know, story. But then when you added in the professor and the actor, it was too much. And then I just, I didn't care for the art. But yeah, I, I, I would have to pass. Fair. Um, all right. So that once again gives me the power to tag. And, uh, well, shoot, I don't think I see anybody else here. Sure? So, like Ke- uh, is that not Caleb there? No, 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 oh, just, just you, man. I think I got to tag you again. Dang, okay. Yeah, and you know what, man? Since, you, uh, since you're such a big fan of Bendis. Oh, no. And you really, really like New Avengers. <laughs> I'm going to give you the next issue of New Avengers. Oh. Yeah, so what'd you read last time? One through five, one through six, one through four? Uh, one through four. Okay, so you're going to go ahead and read issue five. I'll finish the trade for you. Oh, that's brilliant. What's the trade length? Six? Uh, of course. I think it might be, yeah. probably. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. That sounds okay. wonderful. All right. Fine. Yeah, I'm only 44% of the way through, so. <laughs> I love that you had, based on you know the way you're reading it, an exact amount. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, wait. That was because I was scrolling back through. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see where I'm at. If I am on the cover of fate, let's see. I'm 62 percent of the way. Whew. Oh, all right. yeah. All right. Better. So you okay. can cover that. Yeah. Um. Well, that only leaves one thing, which is our pals pulls for next week. Now, um, we didn't have too many technical issues here, but I actually did forget to include the images for the uh, for next week's Pals Pool, so you guys will just have to conjure them in your minds uh, as we talk about the books that Marco and I are looking forward to from next week. So, Marco, from you, we have uh, Two Graves, number one. I'm trying to find it <laughs> to remind myself of what it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm pulling Venom number thirteen. We had Al Ewing on the show this past week. It was awesome, and Al and Rom are currently sharing writing duties on Venom. And I never thought that I would say again that Venom, a, a Venom book, is one of my favorites on the stands. But this book is incredible. So I'm looking forward to this next issue. Uh, it's we're still in the Al Ewing portion, and I think Al's been killing it. They both have been, but uh, Al's stuff has been awesome. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he progresses the story with this next issue. Nice. Um, and then I also pulled uh, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number six. You're really brave. Why? I love it. Oh, that's right. You have been liking it. Yeah, I think it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's not perfect, far from it, but I think this is the event of the summer for the big two. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, I really do. Uh, I, I'm excited to see how, how it resolves. We know that this is going to lead into basically everything that we can expect from DC for the next year, the dawn of the DCU. Um, or the, yeah, the dawn of the, the, the DCU. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I can't wait. 
Yeah, and for uh, for me on, on Two Graves, uh, it's a new image book. I try to pick out new image books if I can. It has uh, Annie Wu as the artist. Mm. I like her stuff. Pretty good. Ming Doyle does uh, one of the secondary covers. And um, for me, the uh, it was an interesting premise in that there's this couple, and one of them seems to be mystical, and they're out in the ocean, and they're just kind of traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't give away too much, but uh, they're just out traveling, and uh, it looks like one of them might be undead potentially, or there's something there related to the two graves. And hmm. so um, I'm like, all right, you know what? Seems esoteric. Uh, I like Annie <laughs> Wu. I, I like Annie Wu enough, and I've not heard of Genevieve Valentine. Um, she does Catwoman apparently, but um, I'm down to try out a new a new writer or somebody that I've not heard of at least. Awesome, and then you also chose "It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth." Yeah, so this is Zoe Thorogood, who I've I've been following for uh, a, a little bit now, yeah. and like her work. She's a, more of a cartoonist, and so does a lot of stuff. You know, her writing and and her her sort of art style, and I, I think it's usually pretty good work. And this is a semi, or this is like an autobiographical novel, mm. and um, more so about the the works of what it looks like to be an artist and and how, um, I guess how you get lost in your head about it, and so uh, I'm interested to to see you know from her perspective because she is somebody who in my opinion has made it to some degree, and so I'm, I'm interested to see you know like what were the the struggles there and the, sort of the the I guess the the mental anguish of it. Uh, just curious to, like, to see how her mind works and how she reflects on that. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all we got. So uh, next week, you can probably expect the gang to be back together. Do come and join us this Saturday uh, for the main show, which of course is live. It will it will be live on YouTube this time. Don't worry. Um, it's live on YouTube and Twitch. At the Comics Pals at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. You can catch us next week here um, on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern if you want to watch this show live. If you want to suggest a book for us to read for the show, send us a message. Anywhere on the internet is good. We'll get it. Um, generally, people love to do it on Discord. You should come hang out with us over there. Uh, where not only can you send in your listener pick, but... There's a lot of other fun conversations that go on and uh, stuff like that. It's a really fun place. So uh, safe space, too. Um, And I don't mean that in the, like, you know, I don't mean that in the mocking sense. Sure. Okay. Like, it's a cool place to to freely express your opinions about comics and games and stuff like that um, and not feel judged or harassed or anything. Um, Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash thecomicspals. For as little as $3 a month, you can help us out. And you get some more cool additional content. We've got a newsletter. We've got an exclusive show called Palling Around. And uh, we do fun stuff. Like we shout out people on the show. We do uh, game nights, movie nights, things like that. So a lot of fun stuff happening here in the Palsverse. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care, guys. See you next week.